What's going on, everybody? I'm glad to be back. Um, first, before we get started, let me uh, let me just say that I'm sitting here in my new and improved studio. I've got uh, a little story behind that. So my mom and my brother came out recently to visit myself and my fiance. And while they were here, it was um, the weekend right before my birthday. And so they came in and they redid um, my whole studio. So they got uh, they, they kind of redid it. Um, you can see behind me a lot of what they've done if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're not, I'll take a couple pictures and post them on social media in the next couple of days. But anyway, it just looks awesome. Like it is the coolest thing ever. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to just wanted to say that. So if you're seeing this, like I said, you can kind of see the wall behind me um is all is all done now and or I shouldn't say done all the way there'll probably be some other stuff that I'd want to throw up there over time but um anyway the new studio looks phenomenal so just wanted to let you guys know that um also there I'm mentioning if you're watching this on YouTube so I'm uh making a YouTube channel for this show that way you guys can see the video version every episode if you want to um, it's going to take me a couple of weeks probably to get all of the first 11 episodes uploaded and go from there. But I just wanted to mention that we are going to have a YouTube channel. So if you'd prefer to watch the video form of this podcast, you will be able to very shortly. But anyway, I've got a phenomenal episode planned today. Every now and then when you go out into the world and you try to seek knowledge, which is really what this podcast is all about, and you're trying to learn new things, every now and then you find a gem. And I am telling you that today's podcast is absolutely one of those gems. So I was up at like two in the morning one night watching Olympic wrestling videos, as one does. And there, in fairness, this, this was after I had already watched a couple podcasts where they were talking about Olympic wrestling, and then I sort of worked my way down a rabbit hole, and next thing you know, it's two in the morning. And anyway, while I was watching these videos, I came across my favorite Olympian of all time. He was not my favorite Olympian of all time before I started watching Olympic wrestling videos at two in the morning, but after watching his gold medal match in the 2000 Olympics, I did a little more research, and a little more research, and a lot more research after that. And I found out about an absolutely amazing person named Rulon Gardner. I'm telling you, when I tell you that Rulon Gardner is my favorite Olympic athlete of all time, I absolutely mean it. And look, there's a lot of great Olympic athletes. I've seen a lot of them over the years. You've got Michael Phelps. You've got Michael Jordan was an Olympic athlete. At one point, um, there the Olympics are sort of this situation that comes around every four years where you get to see these amazing stories about these people all over the world. And I'm not discrediting any of that, but I'm telling you, every other Olympian that you have ever heard of sucks compared to Rulon Gardner. I am telling you, this guy, as like his life story, is so incredible. I you couldn't write it as a script. So let's go ahead and get into it. Here is the story of a man named Rulon Gardner. So the story begins on a dairy farm in Wyoming in 1971, when Rulon Gardner is born the youngest of nine children. And he was basically just a typical farm kid growing up. 
His life was pretty much go to school, come home, work on the farm, do chores, things like that. And he actually ended up attributing a lot of his strength to that helped him in wrestling to all the physical labor and all the work and all the chores they did when he grew up on this dairy farm in Wyoming. And I didn't really learn a ton about his really early years. My sort of understanding of him and his life story starts more when he's in high school. But I did find one absolutely insane story from his childhood. And that is that at the age of nine, his abdomen was punctured by an arrow during show and tell at his school. So when he was in third grade, his ab- his stomach basically got punctured with an arrow during show and tell, which is if that is where we're starting this journey, first of all, you know this is going to be a phenomenal story. But also keep in mind that I am serious when I tell you, I think by the end of this podcast, you will have forgotten that that even happened because of all the other things that you're going to hear about this guy's life. Now, as you can probably guess, Rulon was a phenomenal athlete in high school. He was all state in uh, both football and wrestling. And he was also the 1989 wrestling state heavyweight champion. In track and field as a senior, he took second in the state finals in the shot put. So when he was in high school, overall, just a, a phenomenal athlete. Just more success than most of the top high school athletes experience. I mean, in those three sports, he is an all-state caliber um, athlete. And so out of high school, he actually attends Rick's College, which is now a BYU campus, but at the time it was a junior college. And you're probably thinking to yourself, if he was that great of an athlete, why is he at a junior college? Well, the reason he was at a JUCO is... um, because of his academic struggles in high school. Now, he attributes this to a learning disability. And he actually read at a fifth grade reading level when he graduated high school. So that kind of gives you an idea of why he had those struggles throughout his academic career. And he ultimately wasn't able to qualify to be a Division One or Division Two athlete. So he had to go the junior college route. Which, of course, at the junior college route, when you're the type of athlete that he is, he just blows everyone out. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal junior college athlete, as you would expect. And while he was attending that JUCO, he and his first wife were actually already married. And they tragically lost their daughter in a terrible car accident that they were in. And the reason that I bring that up is I think it's an important moment in his life and in the story of Rulon Gardner because it's his response to that tragedy of losing his daughter at that early age. I mean, he's like 19 or 20 at this point in his life. And it's his his response to that that I think gives an early indication of the type of resilience that he shows throughout the entirety of his life. So after losing his daughter, he goes on to win the Junior College National Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Uh, his sophomore year, and then he earns a scholarship to the University of Nebraska in the process. So he goes to the University of Nebraska, and while he's there, once again, he's an All-American wrestler. And you can kind of see where this trend is going. However, it is very important to note that while he was at the University of Nebraska, he never won a national championship. In fact, he actually, the highest finish that he had, he finished fourth his senior year uh, in the nation. So while he wasn't All-American, he never won a national championship 
at the NCAA level. But after college, he goes on and he starts training for the Olympic trials and he's hoping to be able to make the Olympic team, which he ultimately does. So now let's go ahead forward a little bit um, to we're heading into the 2000 Sydney Olympics. And you might remember this Olympics um, because this was the first Olympics that Michael Phelps competed in. I think he was really young, actually. I think I read some like he might have only been like 16. I think he competed in like one event. Um, this is also the Olympics for you basketball fans that you might remember. This is the Olympics where Vince Carter jumped over Frederick Weiss, who is seven foot two and dunked on him. If you haven't seen it, and even if you're not a basketball fan, it, once again, a phenomenal Olympic moment. It, you can find it on YouTube, but. Vince Carter basically jumps complete. And when I say dunks over, I mean completely jumps over a seven foot two basketball player by the name of Frederick Weiss. And um, once again, it's one of these ones that every time the Olympics comes around, they'll throw it on a commercial or something like that. But you might remember this Olympics for that. And it's at this point that I want to shift gears a little bit because I don't think you can truly tell the story of Rulon Gardner without taking a moment to properly introduce his Olympic opponent. So here enters Alexander Karelin. Honestly, I could have done an entire episode by itself on Karelin, but right now we'll just stick to the highlights. So his nicknames were the Russian Bear, Russian King Kong, Alexander the Great, and The Experiment. And I do not care what kind of fight it is. You could be in a water balloon fight. If the dude you're competing against is nicknamed The Experiment, you are about to be in for a hell of a fight, no matter what it is. You see, Alexander Karelin was born a 12-pound baby in the Soviet Union in 1967. So... First of all, just take a second to think about what I just said. And just to give you an idea of where he was born in Russia, the part of the world that he was born in has an average temperature of 8 degrees over the next 10 days. I looked it up. The next 10 days from right now, the average temperature where Alexander Karelin was born is 8 degrees. And the fucking sunrise doesn't happen until 9.30 in the morning even though the sunset happens at 5 p.m. So think about the part of the world that this monster of a human is growing up in. And he was basically raised, as you can imagine, to be a world champion wrestler. He started training in exclusively in wrestling at the age of 13. And at that point, he was already 5 foot 10, 174 pounds. He started competing in the super heavyweight division at 16 years old. Now, for his training, I want to leave it to a writer named Josh Bryant, who I think explains it very well. So he says, quote, Karelin's daily training drills included hours of rowing and long runs through the taiga forest, often with a large log on his back. So think about if you guys have ever seen the movie Heavyweights and you remember when he's running through the forest and he's got the log on his back and he's like, devil log. He throws it off. That's basically what we're talking about, except instead of Ben Stiller in a film, 
This is an actual Russian Olympic wrestler who's doing it for real to train for the Olympics. Now, uh, keep in mind that the Taiga Forest, also where he's running with a log on his back, has an annual uh, average temperature of 32 degrees. So essentially, it's a frozen forest, and it's also home to wolves, coyotes, black bears, brown bears, and fucking Siberian tigers. And this is where this man just heads out into the wilderness to train. Now, uh, Josh Bryan also goes on to say that he favored the overhead press and also used uh, standard 71-pound kettlebells for arm exercises as a daily weight routine. He is said to have bench-pressed 440 pounds, and when asked about his toughest opponent, Karelin instantly replied, my refrigerator, referring to one of his drills for which he bear-hugged his refrigerator and carried it up through eight flights of stairs of his hometown nine-story apartment building. Alexander Karelin went undefeated for the first time from 1982 to 1987. Think about everything I just said. You know how in the Rocky movies there was the Russian guy and uh, they, he was sort of like the pinnacle of an athlete? Essentially, this dude was compared to him through that fictional character from Rocky. Ivan Drago, this dude was compared to him his whole career. Now, he had his first loss after, first of all, being undefeated for the first five years of his career. He had his first loss, which he lost by a score of 1-0 to at the USSR Championships in 1987. And he lost to the reigning Russian and European champion Igor Rastoratsky. Uh, he defeated Rastorotsky, though, at the next year's USSR championships while Karelin was recovering from a flu and a recent concussion. So the only dude that beat him after he was undefeated for five years, he got a rematch against the next year and beat him while he had a concussion and the flu. Think about what I'm telling you right now. This dude is, like I said, I could have made an entire episode about this guy. It's literally incredible. So after he avenges his loss by beating Rostorotsky, he then goes undefeated again and was undefeated for three more years, which brings us up to the start of the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Now, the day of his gold medal match against Rulon Gardner at the 2000 Sydney Olympics, Alexander Karelin had been the Russian Olympic flag bearer three times. He had been the gold medalist in all 29 various world championships that he had competed in over the course of his career. He had already won three Olympic gold medals, so when he faced Rulon Gardner, he was going for his fourth. Him and Rulon Gardner had already faced each other once before in their careers, and if I remember this correctly, um, I forgot to write it down here in my notes, but I believe Karelin beat Gardner 6-0 to or 6-1 to in that match. And once again, at the time of his gold medal match against Rulon Gardner at the 2000 Sydney Olympics, Alexander Karelin had a 
professional competitive wrestling record of 887 wins and one loss. Just for the record, to this day, Alexander Karelin is widely considered to be the greatest Greco-Roman wrestler of all time. And I let's slow down for a second and really think about what that means. He is considered the greatest Greco-Roman wrestler of all time. And this is a sport that dates back to ancient Greece. And it was one of the original sports in the first modern Olympics back in 1896. This is one of the oldest sports in the world. And this dude that Rulon Gardner is about to face in our story here in his Olympic gold medal match is considered to be the best guy ever at this sport. Now, Rulon Gardner's path to the 2000 Sydney Olympics was a little bit different, just a little bit. And I turned to an article uh, on from this July that was actually written by Eric Olson to explain that. So he says, quote, Gardner had never finished higher than fifth in an international competition and struggled to get past his semifinal opponent in Sydney. The media portrayed the gold medal match as a coronation for Karelin as he headed into retirement. When I walked out there, yeah, I was nervous, Gardner said two decades later. Did I believe in myself? Yeah. Did I think I could beat him? No. Did I have a chance? 100%. And you know what? Vegas actually had odds on that chance at the time. Uh, Rulon Gardner, heading into the gold medal match in the 2000 Sydney Olympics, uh, was a 2,000 to 1 betting underdog. One of the NBC commentators actually said before the fight that if Rulon Gardner were to win the gold medal, that it would be as big of an Olympic upset as the 1980 miracle on ice where the U.S. hockey team beat the Soviet Union. That's how much of an upset we are talking about. That is how much of an underdog Rulon Gardner was. And now, I'll be honest, I'm not going to dive all that deeply into the nuances of the gold medal match for a few reasons. Number one, outside of this match, I really don't have any knowledge of Greco-Roman wrestling. And I really don't think that I can do the sport justice by trying to explain like specific things about the match. I just really don't have the knowledge base. Um, but secondly, the other reason that I don't want to dive too much into all the nuances, uh, like I said, of that match is because I think the story of Rulon Gardner as a human is so much more fascinating than the story of him as a wrestler. And so this is to me just a piece of this guy's story. And so I want to make sure to keep a balance there, but I will give you a quick summary of the gold medal match. So first, we turn to Wikipedia really quick just to get a definition of Greco-Roman wrestling. And it's defined as, quote, uh, this style of wrestling forbids holds below the waist, which is the main feature that differentiates it from freestyle wrestling, which is the other form of wrestling uh, that happens at the Olympics. This restriction results in an emphasis on throws because a wrestler cannot use trips to bring an opponent to the ground or hook or grab the opponent's leg to avoid being thrown. Basically, there's a point system that's based around those rules, and it rewards things like takedowns, reversals, out-of-bounds, etc. So, about halfway through the gold medal match, Rulon Gardner scored a point. 
And then he proceeded to put on what seems to be described as a defensive clinic, honestly, against the greatest Greco-Roman wrestler of all time. And he ultimately shuts Corellin out and wins the match one to zero. And it's at this point that the 286 pound American heavyweight gold medal champion, Rulon Gardner, does a cartwheel and then a somersault in the middle of the mat, mat and then is absolutely mobbed by his coaches and his family. And it's a really special moment to watch. Uh, it's it, it's honestly even better to watch now. I've watched it uh, back twice now. Um, now that I know everything about him leading up to it and just the the story of the match itself, it's it's really, really cool. And honestly, I encourage anybody who's listening to this, if you just go on YouTube and type in Rulon Gardner, it's the gold medal match is like the first thing that pops up. And I'm telling you, just go watch it. It's awesome. Like knowing this guy's story and then watching it is just like the coolest thing ever. And so, um, yeah, like I said, it's on YouTube. I think it's like 15 minutes long, the whole video. And I assure you, you are not going to be disappointed if you check it out. It is awesome. Um, but anyway, I want to kind of turn the page now um, because it's Rulon Gardner's life after the Olympics that really helps round out the story of really just this incredible life story, honestly, of this guy. And it's it's the things that happened to him after the Olympics, I think, that are crazy enough on their own. But then when you realize that the same person that's having these things happen to them also won an Olympic gold medal and perhaps the biggest upset in Olympic history is is really, really interesting. And so when I started looking up this guy, I'll be honest with you, I saw those wrestling videos uh, that night and I was like, man, this by itself would be a great podcast episode. But the second that you start looking into who Rulon Gardner is, you, the the wrestling side of things almost just becomes diluted. Like it doesn't even, it, it's almost the most believable thing. And I think that's what's really cool. So anyway, Rulon Gardner returns to America after the 2000 Olympics. And he's he's a fairly well-known Olympic celebrity now. You kind of know how all, all that works. You get kind of the media circus after the Olympics when the the people who won and then they, they kind of know who the new stories are and what they can cover and they kind of start making the rounds right so Rulon Gardner is on late night TV and he's getting interviewed by Jay Leno and he's got endorsement deals and all that stuff and he actually interestingly enough goes on to win the 2001 World Championships which made him the first American wrestler ever to be both an Olympic gold medalist and a world champion in Greco-Roman wrestling, which is uh, like an unbelievable accomplishment when you think about it. Now, in 2002, we're in the period of time that's between when Rulon Gardner wins that Olympics and then when he knows he's going to have to go to the 2004 Olympics in Athens and defend that gold medal, right? Right in between those two uh, periods of time in his life. And at this time, Rulon Gardner goes snowmobiling with some friends in Wyoming. And I'm going to turn to a few articles here to explain what happened on that snowmobile trip. 
Quote, at one point, he became separated from the group. During his efforts to regain his composure and regroup, he fell into the freezing Salt River with his snowmobile. Unable to move any farther, Gardner decided to build a shelter and wait for a rescue team. He remained stranded for the next 18 hours. After several hours in his makeshift shelter, he stopped shivering, which led him to believe that he was dying. When he was eventually rescued, he was experiencing hypothermia and severe frostbite. Due to the physical damage, a saw had to be used to remove his boots. Now, this is something that was covered pretty extensively because, like I said, the period of time that it happened in, it's like, here's this kind of Olympic hero, and he's about to compete in the, compete in the Olympics uh, two years later. And so this was a fairly big news story at the time. And uh, it's, it's just crazy, that story by itself. Um, and then once again, when you layer on the fact of who this happened to, it's just, it starts to really add to the story of this guy. Um, now, sometime after that, and still prior to those, those 2004 Olympics, he was also in a motorcycle accident, and luckily for him, that only resulted in some minor injuries. So that's not even all the crazy shit that happened to this guy after the 2000 Olympics. In fact, in 2007, he and two other people survived a plane crash in Utah by swimming for an hour in 44-degree water to reach shore where they spent the night without a shelter. And yet somehow he didn't sustain life-threatening injuries from that circumstance either. Now, remember that I used the phrase life-threatening injuries there because that distinction is going to be important in a few minutes? Oh, and by the way, in between the snowmobile accident and the plane crash, he competed in that 2004 Olympics like I was talking about and won a bronze medal. And after that match, he took his shoes off and placed them at the center of the mat as a symbol of retirement from competitive wrestling. Now, I do think it, it's important to give you the full picture of Roulin Gardner's life for you to really, really appreciate him as much as I do. And so, un unfortunately, it's at this point in the story where things admittedly do start to change a little bit. So... He's had this unbelievable wrestling career, which he has now retired from. And he ended up competing in an MMA event in Japan in 2004, which he won, by the way. And of course he did. I mean, come on. It's Rulon Gardner. You already knew he was going to win. And uh, after that, he, he did go into a broadcasting career. He became the host for a competitive wrestling league. And um, he also helped cover the 2008 Olympics, uh, the Beijing Olympics for NBC. Then Rulon Gardner sort of faded out of the spotlight after that. And he really was kind of out of the public eye for three years until 2011 when he popped up on the show, The Biggest Loser. According to Sports Illustrated, quote, after the Athens Olympics, Gardner gained 210 pounds, culminating in a total body weight of 474 pounds. In January 2011, he was announced as a contestant on season 11 of the American reality television show, The Biggest Loser. After 16 weeks on the show, Gardner had lost 173 pounds. This dude lost over 10 pounds a week 
for four months straight on The Biggest Loser. Like, come on. My man has won an Olympic gold medal in the World Championships. He was in a snowmobile accident where he was stranded. He was in a plane crash. And then he goes on to The Biggest Loser, and they're like, here's another challenge for you to overcome. And he's like, okay, sounds good. I'll just go ahead and lose a quick 173 pounds in four months. Incredible. Truly incredible. This is what I'm talking about. This guy is incredible. Like how it took me to what, 30 years old to find this guy is insane to me. This dude, how is it that I can name a bunch of people that should not be even nearly as famous as this guy? This dude is incredible. Now, he actually didn't appear on the final episode of um, The Biggest Loser, and he cited personal reasons. Apparently, it was kind of a big shock to everybody that was watching that show at the time, as well as the judges and all the other contestants on the show. Uh, but yeah, he he wasn't on the final episode um, for personal reasons. I wasn't able to find much more elaboration on that. But um, the following year, he considered making a return to competitive wrestling for the 2012 Olympics, but he ultimately couldn't make the weight. So that didn't happen. And like I said, things things do start to take a little bit of a turn. He um he shortly thereafter he filed for bankruptcy. Um he had a three million dollar real estate development deal fall through, and he actually had to auction off his gold and bronze medals. However, before you get too upset, in true Rulon Gardner fashion. The story turns around here because he's since recouped his medals and he now has them back in his possession. He also did gain a good bit of the weight back, but uh, he he's uh, there was an interview that was done. Sorry, there's an interview that was done where um, this summer in July, they sort of asked him about that. And he had actually said that in the month of July, he had lost 30 pounds. He was making a bunch of lifestyle changes, and his goal weight is 265 pounds, um, which I guess is is his or around his weight when he was at that uh, high level in wrestling. So that brings us to today. And today you can find Rulon Gardner selling insurance in Utah, to be honest, which I mean, come on, like, obviously, like, look at this dude's life. It's like the perfect job for him. It's like if anyone was ever going to sell insurance, like, hey, you never know what might happen to you. By the way, here's a little bit about me. <laughs> like, phenomenal. It's a great job for him. So he's selling insurance, and he's also coaching high school wrestling. Now, he's also a motivational speaker. So if you go to his website, it looks like you can book him for his speaking engagements and things like that. And once again, come on. I mean, the guy has to be. You know how many people are doing motivational speaking out there that don't have one story like this dude has? This guy has like seven. It's incredible. So that's that's uh, also what he's doing. And there's a documentary that came out about him over the summer that's on the Olympic channel. I'll level with you. This is kind of the shit that I'm talking about here. Like this dude is a phenomenally inspiring person. How his documentary is being produced by the Olympic channel, which I have never you've never heard of the Olympic channel. Like, what are we talking about here? You like this guy's documentary is only on the Olympic channel. Like to me, that's, this is, this is the issue, right? This guy is unbelievable. I don't know how this guy's documentary isn't on HBO or Netflix or something like that. But in fairness, I am glad that, that he does have a documentary out 
and uh, that that it sounds like you know more and more people maybe are becoming aware of his story. Now I haven't had a chance to see the documentary yet, uh, but I am looking forward to watching it now that I know as much as I've learned about him. I'm looking forward to it for sure. All in all, I, I think the story of Rulon Gardner is a pretty amazing one. But there's one more thing that I would like to mention. And I think it's important because it, I find that there's a lesson in it. You see, Rulon Gardner not only went through a lot in his life mentally and emotionally that he had to bounce back from, but he also went through a lot physically. And there's one injury in particular that he sustained that I think is amazing. So I wanted to save it for the end here. Remember that snowmobile accident that left him stranded for 18 hours in Wyoming? And remember how, when I was talking about that, I said that he didn't sustain any life-threatening injuries? Well, he didn't. But he did get injured. You see, as a result of that situation where he was stuck in the freezing, cold Wyoming wilderness overnight, he got frostbite. And as a result, he had to have the middle toe on his right foot amputated. But that's not the crazy part. No, the part that's crazy is in fact that to this day, Rulon Gardner keeps that toe in formaldehyde in a jar in his refrigerator as, according to him, a, quote, reminder of his mortality. That's right. The dude that you have just listened to me talk about for the last 35 minutes has his own toe that was amputated in a jar in his refrigerator to remind him of his mortality. And I think at the end of the day, that's the lesson that we should all learn from Rulon Gardner and his story. You got to be resilient in life to do great things. And when you do something hard or something that seems impossible in life, it's good to keep a reminder so that the next time you feel overwhelmed or you come across a challenge in your life that feels insurmountable, you have that reminder that you've conquered things in the past and it it brings about a confidence in you that allows you to take on the challenge that's in front of you because you know that you've done something in the past and overcome something and because of that you you're able to uh, accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to do in in the present or in the future and sometimes that reminder is a very important piece of that find your toe in a jar seriously seriously i'm telling you go out think about your own life think about the challenges you've overcome think about the challenges you're probably going to face and find your own toe in a jar whether you need the reminder today or tomorrow or 10 years from now, when you need it, you will be glad that you have it. So find your toe in a jar. As always, shout out to my family and friends. You're the ones who, who got me here. I want to always say that, you know, as the podcast grows over the years, I just always want to say that that's a staple. We've been doing that for day one and I mean it all my family and friends. I mean, look, I'm sitting in this awesome studio 
and that's my family who helped create that you know and i just that's that's awesome so i just thank you to all my family and friends everybody out there that's supporting um thank you for listening you guys are the best and i'll see you next time